Get understanding. Bible says this that a house is a house is established through wisdom and it is filled and furnished through understanding. I was talking to my son about wisdom, but this is kind of giving me inspiration. I'm like, wow. And I was talking to him and he was like mind bombing like, like, in scripture. And so I was explaining some of this stuff to him. And I asked him, I said, What's wisdom? And he said, Wisdom is knowledge. I'm like, wisdom is not knowledge. Say this, wisdom. Wisdom the right application is the right application of knowledge. Lots of people have knowledge. There's some extremely, some well-educated fools out there. I don't know if you know that or not. They have all the knowledge in the world, but they do not have how to properly apply that knowledge. To properly apply knowledge is called wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is the right application. There's also a difference between human wisdom and godly wisdom. There's the wisdom the Bible would speak of as the wisdom of this age, and there's the wisdom that comes from on high, the wisdom of this kingdom. As a believer, you have access to the highest level of wisdom that's available. Amen. You have access to revelation and understanding. Humans tend to get wisdom through philosophical viewpoints. Those are okay. They also tend to get wisdom through experience. That's okay. But the greatest wisdom is gift and impartation. God divinely gives you an ability not just to understand, but he gives you an ability to grow in wisdom. That almost everything you do, you become wiser and wiser and wiser and wiser. That's not available to the unbeliever, but it is available to the Christian. It's an inheritance. So that's not fair. Nothing fair about favor. Nothing fair about favor. You're the favorite of the Lord. You are. You are a favorite of Jesus. The bread is for the children. We're all about children. No, we're not. That's we're right. Not. Those who receive Christ are the sons of God. The right they are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. Only those who are in Christ have the right to be called the children of God. Everybody else is God's creation. Does God love them? Yeah. But the bread is for the children. The savor is on the household of faith. If you harbor any bitter and selfish ambition, James 3, in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny truth. For to have been be bitter and selfish ambition, this wisdom does not come from heaven, it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Wow. What it's seeing is a wisdom that is entirely focused on self, is not of God. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure, means it's good, it has no self-interest attached to it. It's pure, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. The wisdom of God comes from what is best for his world and what is best to benefit other people. That's God's economy. Okay? To understand that is to understand that sin has caused us to have a root within us that focuses us up, focuses our lives entirely upon ourselves. And you say, do I not matter? Oh, you matter extremely well. You're, you're of the highest honor. But your job and our calling is to seek what our Father wants, seek first the kingdom, and then everything back to us. We don't seek our own, we seek the kingdom and what is right to God. And in seeking the kingdom and what is right to him, the Lord becomes the benefactor into our lives and establishes every other thing in our lives. He becomes the work. It's like, well, I want my life to amount to something. And I always ask people, for what reason? For what reason? I want my life to amount to something so that I may honor the Lord and I may bring the love of God, I may bring a gift to the world, I may bring some, something that lasts or something that benefits the world around me. Now you're on the right track. When you're focused exclusively on yourself, you're out of character with the wisdom of God and God's 
understand that? We, by nature, are selfish. We, by nature, what happens when people pursue them, yourself is that you you begin to believe or what you're really demonstrating is that you don't know who you are, you don't know that you're loved, and you don't believe that God is truly your provider. That's what it means. If you'll seek the Lord and pursue his heart, pursue his heart in light of who you are, in light of what he wants for you, God will establish you. We just never take the time to ask. We never take the time to do. We do for ourselves all the time. And our lives turn into nothing but a losing monotony, a death spiral. Thoreau, uh, one of the, he made a quote, one of the poet, the poet Thoreau said, men and women live lives of quiet desperation. They live lives of just spiraling emptiness, just routine monotony, routine monotony. We feel that some, there's something more to us. We, we feel it. I was just talking to Danielle, our social director, I just feel like God has something more for me. I said, Danielle, movements are felt when you're seen. I said, if you're feeling it, if you might be in Southern California, you know that movements are felt before they're seen. I told her, you're feeling something. I said, ask the Lord to ask the Lord to show you what he has for you. Ask the Lord to show you what he has for you. It was crazy. She said, as soon as you say that, I feel fear. I said, well, now you have now, now the Holy Spirit is showing you. He's showing you bondage. So I'm showing you the root. Holy Spirit reveals to you what's in the way of what he wants for you. She's feeling it. I tell her, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. You're feeling something. She said, yes, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. She said, as soon as you say that, I feel fear for you. He's showing you that you're, the, the way that you can't move forward is because of your fear way. Deal with the root of fear. Why the fear is there? What the root of fear is? Anything that hurts you, anything that compels you, anything that holds you is not of God. It's the mind. Holds you, grips you, or compels you in the wrong direction, it's rooted in something. The enemy has a right. Again, he opposes the kingdom, Christian. I just had this conversation right over here. I just told her. I said, See, God is giving you a movement in your heart because he's compounding you into your dominion, he's compounding you into your destiny, into, your, into what his purpose is. You ask him, which is the dominion, as soon as you ask the Holy Spirit, the enemy comes in to oppose you. He's not opposing you, he's opposing the dominion of God in your life. He slaps the trump card on the table. You know he has a right of fear over you, and so every time you move into dominion, he slaps the fear card down on the table. Because he knows you'll play that card against you every time. So you have to find out what the root of fear is. You have to find out what the issue is. This can be done. It's not like this is an impossible thing. So let's talk to her about that. Let's discover the root of fear and why that's there. And you get your fear out, and you can help that fear. And you can help that. That's how God works. Wisdom that comes from the Lord, it is a gift. Next slide. By, by wisdom, the Lord establishes a nation. You want the key to unlocking the earth itself? You want the key of unlocking this realm of time and space that God has created? Wisdom. Wisdom is literally the foundations of everything God built in this world. It's established through his wisdom. So if that's the foundation, therefore everything operates, activates, opens by the, on the basis of wisdom. So wisdom, according to heaven's mind, is extremely important. It really is. Because God built everything by wisdom. If we understand wisdom, then we can understand what God has and how to access the things that God has, been, has given to us. By understanding, we set the heavens in place. Where do we get wisdom, right? We're going to talk about that. The fear of the Lord. Oh, the fear of the Lord. Oh my gosh, I'm so afraid. The word fear, that word fear, in the Hebrew, in the Greek, means honor and reverence. God is looking for you. The fear of the Lord means an honor, a reverence, and a respect to the degree, like he's not your equal, but you respect him, you honor him in the position that he has. God's not looking for people in trembling fear, you know, who are just freaked out every time they hear his name, you know, looking when it's Fear the Lord. I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid of God. There's no fear in love, people. Perfect love casts out fear. But God loves us perfectly, so that type of fear cannot be related to how we how we are reverencing, because He perfectly loves us. So He's looking for honor. Honor the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Honor creates access. If you want God's wisdom, you must honor Him. Because without honor, without honor, there is no access. If you will not honor him as the one who he says he is, and 
and the God who he says he is, and, and the position that he says he is, and honoring the, and the, and the desire that you have over it in your life, you'll never access the things that he has for you. You just won't, because honor creates access. People are devoid of wisdom because they don't honor God. They honor institutions, they honor themselves, they honor systems, they honor everything but the Lord. All of those things may be good, but they're not the most excellent thing. The Lord is the excellent thing. God will give you a download of wisdom that nobody else will have. You wonder where you got it from. People will be amazed at how smart you are. How'd you get so wise? Jesus? No. But it's true. The honor of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot have heaven's wisdom without honoring Jesus. And how do we honor Jesus? We don't honor Jesus as the God as we understand him to be. We honor Jesus as the God who declares himself to be. Jesus is not one among many. He's the one and only. Amen. The one and only. He's not equal. He's not close. He's not even, even in the same category. We have to honor him as Lord. We have to honor him as Savior. We have to honor him as God. We have to honor him as King. King. Lordship. Dominion. And as we honor him, if you be, so if you honor Christ as Lord, right? You give your life to Jesus unto salvation. Wisdom has just come upon you. You have done the wisest thing that any human being could ever possibly do. <coughs> a fool would stay in a house when it's on fire. True. Wisdom says, leave the house. When you come to Christ, you're exiting a building that's on fire. It's going to burn down to the foundations and there's nothing that's going to be left. When you come to Christ, you've done wisdom. When you begin to give areas of your life, to Jesus, wisdom now becomes imparted to you. Some of you, you make poor relational choices because you've not submitted your relationships unto Christ. You've not submitted your will in relationships unto Christ. So therefore, your relationships are devoid of knowledge and wisdom. Why? Because you have not honored him in that way. Therefore, wisdom doesn't mean God doesn't love you. doesn't mean you're not safe. Same thing in business. You've not honored God with your business, and because you don't honor God, you're a Christian, born again, but you do it the way you want to do it. You did it my way, and you're Frank Sinatra, right? And you wonder why there's no wisdom in that arena. Wisdom, when you honor God, and you begin to you say, what is that? It's first of all, it means surrender, give it to him. Then secondly, it means show me what to do, and I'll do it. There's, there's a clue, right? Show me spiritually, show me in your word how I'm supposed to apply myself and I will do it. Now all of a sudden you have access to wisdom. Wherever you exclude him is where wisdom is denying you. You exclude him from your finances, he's not going to be there. And you're going to be a, a running fool with your money. Fool with his money, and his money is soon parted. You're soon parted with your money, you're doing something that's unwise and not according to God's plan. So true. And that applies in terms of the spheres of our lives. We have different spheres of our lives. Christians give their lives to Christ unto salvation, but their time belongs to them. Their talent belongs to them. Their treasure belongs to them. Their business belongs to them. Their body belongs to them. Their relationships belong to them. Mm. Who told you that? You have to willfully surrender every area of your life to Jesus. He's not going to take it from you. He'll take you in salvation. If you wonder why there's a trade rack, it's because there's some area of your life that you've not surrendered. And therefore, not only does wisdom not come to you, but you have no access to wisdom in that arena at all. At all. Mm. In the Bible, there's a big contrast between the wise and the fools. You read Proverbs, it says, the wise do this, the fools do this. The wise do this, the fools do this. There's a contrast. Jesus has no problem calling people foolish. There's no problem. Well, Jesus would never say that. You're a fool! Right? <laughs> You're a fool if you believe anybody else can save you. You're a fool. Right? If you believe in anything other than that, if you believe that God makes it up as he goes along, you're a fool. You don't know him at all. There's a contrast between wisdom and foolishness within the Bible. There's benefits of wisdom. You want some benefits? This is like an infomercial, right? When you read about wisdom, this is like, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. It's like it's like Jesus is selling Ginsu knives, you know what I mean? He's like, Watch this thing slice and dice. I mean, he's really trying to sell us on this concept and understanding of wisdom. He's calling us to wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1 says, Wisdom calls aloud in the center of the streets, calling out to any 
anybody, anywhere who will listen. Wisdom is calling out in the concourses of the street, compelling us, saying, how long will you love simplicity? How long will you keep acting like a dummy? How long will you keep doing it your way? Wisdom calls to all of us. The question isn't whether or not wisdom is calling. The question is, are we willing to listen? We dull our hearing to things. We do. We really dull it. We dull our hearing. People that work in like low noise environments, when they get into noisy environments, it freaks them out. People that work in noisy environments, when they get quiet environments, it freaks them out. Okay? Because they're not used to the silence. They're not, the others are not used to the noise. We're not used to certain things. Because we don't, we silence things. Silencing the conscience. <laughs> Silencing the word as the Lord would speak to you. A lot of times people go, I can't hear the Lord. And I go, well, God might be explaining to you. Maybe you've never been taught. Maybe you need some instructions and coaching. You got fire starters coaching. Sometimes we'll go, oh, you will hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You will hear the Holy Spirit 100%. You will never Amen. again say the Lord doesn't speak. Never again.
I know I can intrude upon that. Just the other day, we were having a little discussion, and the decisions that he was making seemed a bit impulsive to me. We talked, we have a good relationship, so we talk a lot. And he explained to me some of the decisions he's making. Then he explains it to me, and I can actually see the wisdom of what he's doing. But my instinct as a parent, any parents are here to know this, your instinct as a parent is to lecture, is to tell them all of the things and all of the whatever, and you just want to jump right in there and you know say your thing. And so that was my inclination. And I started to do that, and I could feel the Holy Spirit, I could just feel the stop in my spirit. So without saying, I felt the Holy Spirit, I'll just explain you how it works. I just felt the, the check, the stop in my spirit. That's the Lord. Okay? So I stopped. And I, kept, I, was, and I kept hearing him going, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. You know, so I'm like, okay, okay, I'm not going to say it. So you know what the next question is? What do you want me to say? That was my next question. And you know what he said to me? Affirm the wisdom of his choices. And I said, Elias, I said, I can really see the wisdom of your choices here. I can really see that you, you contemplated this, and you saw this from a lot of different and that you're actually making a wise decision. I said, wisdom, your mother and I can support. I said, foolishness, we cannot support. And I said, but I see the wisdom of your choices. And he just opened right up. Why? Because wisdom creates power, creates access. I'm honoring it. And you know what? When I got done, I was like, I was talking to the Lord. I was talking to the Lord after him. Like, you know, why did you stop me? Why did you stop me? And the Lord, you know what he told me? It's crazy. I love it. Nobody talks like Jesus. Man. Choice Vineyard, Malbec, nobody talks like Jesus. Nobody. 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 So he goes, he goes, well, you told me you wanted me to parent him. So am I parenting him or are you parenting him? I'm like, by all means, parent away. <laughs> you have to be willing to trust me. He will give you wisdom. This, 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 what I'm telling you, and I'm relating it to you. Relationship to being a parent, that stuff applies to any arena that you have. Any arena. Some of you have challenging children. Yes, you do. You have challenging children. Some of you, you were you've been graced and blessed with the golden child. You have the golden child. Right? My grandson is a golden child. I tell my daughter, they don't all come like this. Okay? They're not all in this package. And this rapper, right? This is a mellow baby who's super chill. He likes routine. He's happy all the time. I'm like, where did this get? This is transcendent. Like, Thank you, Jesus. You have challenging children. You need to ask the Lord, give me wisdom to raise this child. Give me wisdom. Do you know why? Because most of you, your children are not are going to be, it's like, what planet does this child come from? <laughs> They're not like me. They're not like my, my wife. They're not like us. Genetically, they are. Some personality traits, but they're going to be the complete opposite of your personality. They're gifts to you. And because it's a gift, you don't know what you're doing. Happy day. Happy day. But the good news is, Jesus knows what he's doing. He knows who he gave you. He knows why he gave it to you. I'm not saying it's not going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a wrestling match. Because you ask not. It's that simple. 
We are a divine revelation, people. We are the kingdom of God upon the earth. We are the ambassadors of Christ who represent his world. So we should look, act, think, speak. There should be something different about us. Amen. It's not the clothes we wear or the family Bible that we drag behind us. That's not what's different about us. It's not long, no, you know, long hair, like the women used to wear long hair and no makeup because they wanted to be exclusive. How, how's that going for you, ladies? Anybody here want to wear no jewelry, long hair? And all the men had, all the men had military cuts and, and suits and ties and, you know, the probably was high and tight because they were trying to look like they were from another world. Well, then it's not outward appearances. It's a lifestyle. It's a reflection. It's an inward reflection outwardly. That's what it's all about. So we should be a people that operate in wisdom. It's like, man, how did you see this downturn coming? The Lord showed it to me. And he actually made me wisdom. I actually didn't see the downturn coming. coming. I just heard the Lord telling me to position my business this way. And because I positioned my business this way, that train that just ran through all y'all missed me. It's just stuff like that. Wisdom offers you long life as well as honor. It can make your life pleasant. When you have a disruption, you need to ask this question. So if you don't have a bright future, Lord, where am I lacking wisdom? These are the questions. Because if, if the promise is a bright future, and the promise is attached to wisdom, and you don't have a bright future, what are you lacking? Wisdom, exactly. Those who get wisdom, if you don't have favor, where are you lacking wisdom? Where, where are you, when you're lacking wisdom, you're not manifesting favor, you're not lacking wisdom. The Lord will tell you, I told you to go to that job interview. You didn't go. You wanted to go to the other one. The favor was over there. So you unwisely made a decision on your own impulsiveness. That earthly member, wisdom that seeks its own, it's not a thought. So God told you, go to that one. And you said, I don't want to work there. I want to work here. But my favor was over there. And so you didn't get the favor because you made an unwise decision. So next time, be wise and do what I tell you. You see, you see how this works? This is a living kingdom, people. This isn't poetry we read on a, on a page. This isn't a book that's set on a, on a wall or on a shelf to collect dust. This is living and powerful. It's alive. It's present in our world today. And we don't have it because we are either ignorant of it or we are willful against it. That's the point. You, miss, you don't have greatness in your life, you don't feel like with honor, you don't have people like your power is there, there's some, there's some issue of wisdom that needs to be applied. This is a really broad teaching. It's kind of, there's a depth to this that has to be understood further than what I'm saying. Next slide. How do you get wisdom? Right? Here's the honor of the Lord, that's number one. That goes without saying. Okay? That, that's like at the top of the list. Let's just reinforce this. Say this with me. When in doubt, Honor Jesus. If there's ever a conflict as to what you should or shouldn't do, honor the Lord. 100% of the time, you'll never go wrong. You'll never go wrong honoring Jesus. Even if you make a mistake honoring him, you're still winning. You still win. On that one, if you lose, you still win. You still win. Honor always wins with the Lord. How do you get wisdom? Number one, you ask. Ask. Does any of you lack wisdom? You should ask the Lord. He gives it generously without finding fault. He doesn't look at you and go, well, I'd love to give you wisdom, man, but, you know, there's a few areas in your life that you got to deal with, and, you know, when you get that stuff cleaned up, then you can come to me and ask for wisdom. He doesn't do it like that. Jesus gives you stuff in spite of you. He blesses you in spite of you. He gives you things in spite of you. That's nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Everything to do with him. Has nothing to do with what you've done or who you are or what you are. Has everything to do with what he has done, who he is, and what he has given to you. He's put an identity on you. He sees you in light of that. He doesn't see you in light of who you think you are. That's how he sees you. That's how this stuff works, man. He'll bless you even in your stupidity. And Christians are so stupid that they actually think that God approves of their stupidity because they're being blessed in their stupidity. This is how stupid we really are. Well, I'm cheating on my wife, and the Lord's blessing me. That's how people are. That's how stupid people are. They're stupid. Well, you know, I'm ripping everybody off in my business dealing, but the Lord's blessing me. 
So he must approve of my ripping everybody off. No, he blesses you in spite of you. He blesses you in your stupidity. Just because you're being blessed in your stupidity does not mean he approves of your stupidity. Amen. Amen. He's not approving of it. He's just blessing you because it's what he does. It's what he does. He's a benefactor. He blesses you. Wisdom is a person. In Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Here's a, here's a better one. Colossians 1 3. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It is the glory of God to conceal the matter. It is the glory of princes and princesses to seek the matter out. You must pursue wisdom. We're going to talk about that. Wisdom doesn't find you, you find it. God has hidden wisdom in Christ. Most Christians never get past the cross. They think that's all there is. Who told you that? Who told you salvation was the end of the game? Who told you that? Salvation is just the beginning. But wait, there's more. I'm telling you, give soon nights. There's no, there's, no, there's no offer like this, man. I'm telling you. Because they never pursue the hidden, the hidden treasures that are found in Christ. They're hidden. You must pursue them. You know, what, you know what happens when you pursue hidden riches? You have to dig. You have to find it. You have to reach for it. You have to pursue it. Doesn't take a genius to find dirt in a gold mine. The art is not finding dirt in a gold mine. Where's the art? Finding the gold. Find the gold. That's the art. That's the art. The art is finding the gold in the gold mine. Not finding dirt in the gold mine. You have to pursue it. You have to dig for the treasure. You have to go, I know it's there. I know it's there. I'm going to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. I'm going to wrestle until I get the answer. Other problems were lazy. I call it Burger King Christianity. Not because there's anything wrong with Burger King, but Burger King has a slogan that goes, have it your way right now. Right? That's how we are. We think we want it our way, we want it now. It's not the gospel. A lot of times you're asking God for a question, and he doesn't give you that answer immediately. Anybody know? Amen. A lot of times because you don't have the capacity to receive the answer. So Jesus has to go back in your life and begin to build the platform in you in order for you to begin to understand the question that you're asking. I have much to say to you, Jesus said, but right now you can't bear it. You can't deal with what I want to tell you. Over and over again, Jesus had more to give people. You see, Nicodemus, you see all throughout the scripture, Jesus had more to say in Jerusalem. He lamented over Jerusalem because of what he wanted to give them. Over and over again, you see the Lord wanting to give it because he could see an unwillingness of the people or a lack of capacity for the people to receive. One of the ways God teaches you is he increases your capacity. And sometimes he takes you back to the diesel now. I want to launch rockets. Jesus says, what's one plus two, Kevin? What's one plus one, Kevin? Three? Okay, let's go back to the diesel now. We're not launching rockets. You don't understand physics or calculus. You want to launch rockets, you got to understand basic math. You don't understand basic math, you've got to go back and learn basic math. But I want to launch rockets. I want that answer, God. I want the answer to this. Okay, great. Go back and understand foundational things and let me deal with this, and it takes time. It takes time. You hear me say, I've said it to you many times. It's a lot of deep questions I've asked the Lord for, and it's taken me years to get the answer. Years. Deep questions. Deep questions. I want to know. I want to know. One of my deepest questions ever asked me was the church. You know, it's like the like stupid pastor who goes, What's the church? Is Roman the church? Roman the church? Because it's Christian dumb. We're Christian dumb. In him are all the treasures and the wisdom and the knowledge. In Christ. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, you, the church, this is God's idea. This isn't heaven's idea. This isn't a, a denomination's idea. This isn't anybody's idea. The ecclesia is Jesus' idea. And how many knows if it's his idea, then he knows what to do with it? Amen. Okay? So no matter what we think we know, we don't know enough because we're not producing the results that he expects. So if we're not producing the results that he expects, then we're doing something wrong. So we need to go back and examine our process. We need to go back and examine what it is that we actually are. And then when we get that, then we can move forward. Some of you would do well. Jesus created marriage, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you're aware of that. If you don't think he knows what he's doing, he knows what he's doing. You don't know what you're doing. 
but he fully knows. And you ask the Lord, what's a marriage? He's going to tell you it's a covenant. What's a covenant? He's going to tell you it's not a contract. It's a covenant. What does that mean? It means this. He's going to teach you what it means. So most people, they cannot produce the results that God expects them to produce because they don't understand what it is that he has given them. They don't understand. Parenting's the same way. You don't think Jesus is a God of commerce? He's a God of commerce. It's all about exchange. He bought you with a price. He understands commerce. He paid for you. He understands. He understands trading. He's immensely wealthy, so he doesn't have to make money. Uh, at least go out and generate it. He just creates it. You know? Hey, we've got to pay the temple tax, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, how much is it? Uh, that's about 25 bucks a head, something like that. I don't know. But all right, but out of the river, there's the fish come up and gold, and that discrepancy a little bit too. So, in the, in the interest of how he does it, he has it. But he understands buying and selling. He understands trading. You don't think God understands business? Are you crazy? You don't think he understands markets and commerce and government? Heaven is a government. It's the government of heaven. He understands all of that. So if he understands that, what would happen? You don't think he understands the human body? I tell doctors this all the time. Seek the Holy Spirit for revelation. And let him show you something that your medical profession won't show you. Let him, let him show you the idiocratic system of the body. Let him show you the, how, the, how everything works beyond the dimension of what is known. Because he knows more than you. He knows a little bit more than you. In him are hidden these things. If we pursue them, then we will realize them. That's the point. And that question isn't going to come immediately. Somebody might go, Lord, I want to believe you. What would happen if we had doctors in the name of Jesus? They get a spirit-filled believers, doctors, Wanting, not through medical research and science, that's all part of the game, but that's not the fulfillment. What would happen if doctors go, Lord, I want a revelation on how to do cancer? Maybe God will hold it because he knows he's waiting for someone who will give him the glory for it. Amen. The knowledge is there, no one's asked for it. No one's asked for it. Electricity was always there until it was discovered. The internet's always had the capacity to be there until it was discovered. You understand that? Radio waves exist. All, we've always had the ability to transmit. So you go back to 1776, the foundation of this country. Why did they have radio? Because they didn't know what they were doing. You don't believe God would, somebody would have given, Lord, I don't understand this thing, but show me, I think there's a way to communicate. Is there a way to communicate through airwaves? You don't think he would show that? Why does it only happen now? Because we're so superior and we just grow in knowledge and worship. We, we, we're so primitive now. Extremely primitive. I notice it even in the church. Same thing, the applications of our ministry are primitive. They're based on philosophies of, of you want to go back all the way to Martin Luther, or you want to go all the way back to uh, uh, you ever had John Calvin? Most of our churches are not based in theology of the scripture, they're based on the theology of John Calvin or Martin Luther. I'm sorry, I don't read John Calvin in the Bible, nor do I read Martin Luther in the Bible. But that's how the church is saying they're, they're basing their philosophies of ministry off of something that happened in the 1300s or the 1200s. Thousand years ago. Denominations are the same thing, same thing. You see the same thing even with healing ministry. We think we've got some revelation. So we pray. We think we have some revelation on God. We don't pursue it any further. We don't pursue it any further. We build a monument to it. Jesus transfigured and what the apostles want to do, they would immediately want to build a monument. Jesus manifests, and our nature is to build a monument. Stay here. 1972. Oh my God, we sent missionaries out. Everybody remember that glorious year? Oh, hallelujah, bro. I was there in 72. They got a monument built to that. Remember that? Remember that? 1998? We prayed, we must have prayed for 10,000 people, but miraculously, one person got healed. Remember that? The whole 1998. What a glorious year. What a glorious year, brother. Oh, hallelujah. Stupid. 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 God heals as he wills. Who told you that? God heals any, any time, any place, all the time. The problem is the healing is we don't know what we're doing and we do it wrong. We know certain things, but we don't, we don't, God forbid, this is, this is a big technique of mine. God forbid the problem 
Amen. I was born this way. Yeah, you know what I tell people? You must be born again. I was born a liar. I was born a thief. I was born an adulterer. I was born every possible thing you could possibly imagine, but I had to be born again. And I had to renew my mind. And I had to think from heaven to earth, not as men see, but as my father sees. That's what I had to do. And if I still have certain attractions and certain compulsions, there's a root to it. Yes. There's a root. There's a reason why. And that just doesn't mean it has to go with homosexuality. That has to go with women and men who constantly choose the wrong relationship. There's a reason why you're doing that. You're compulsively driven. One of my favorite stories is a woman, she just every time she's fully stand up to me, because she always talked to me about breaking plagues. She couldn't be with a normal guy. She had to be with a guy who liked to break plagues. That was her words. I'm like, why? Because that was what was normal to her. I'm like, you can't, you don't see the dysfunction here. You don't, you can't see that there's a reason why you're attracted to the violent guy. There's a reason. There's a brokenness in you. There's some abuse that probably took place. Some, there's a trauma and an abuse that was accepted in you long ago that you didn't get free of, that you need to get free of, and that's why you're attracted. You get a normal guy around you, you think everything's normal. You start, you start thinking, oh, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of this. There's some underlying lie, and you keep thinking all this crazy stuff, and so you feel more at home with the guy who smashes plays. And screaming and yelling at you and degrading you than you do with a normal person who would actually love you. You find yourself attracted to that person. Oh, there's no dumb guys out there. No, you're attracted to the wrong one. Guys are the same way. They sexualize the relationship right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Sexualize it. And there's a wrong with that? I'm talking about normal attraction. They stop being beautiful and get you attracted. That's normal. Okay? It's a normal attraction. I'm talking about Everything goes to sex right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. That's a problem. I know. I'm sitting on your couch. I'm talking to you. That's why. When we're sexualizing everything, you know, I can't be a guy. I hook up on this line, you know, I'm probably I'm going singles, whatever, and immediately the guy wants to have sex because it's messed up. So number one, you're either being attracted to the wrong person, that may be one, or you're seeing a guy who has an impulsive problem that he needs to deal with. There's a root within him that is compelling them to do that. So the church doesn't need to just say the standards, we need to not fornicate. Good luck. We're going to fornicate. I'm sorry, I'm not saying we should all go fornicate. Fornication is sex outside of marriage. I'm not saying that's what we should do. I'm not saying that's the standard. But I'm also saying you're naive to think that that isn't what's going on. We're naive. The question isn't whether or not, the question isn't or not whether we should or shouldn't do that. The question is, what is the root behind that? What do, what can we do to help resolve that? What can we do? I mean, pick a, pick, pick, pick a, pick a habit. You got, there's an old song that says, pick a habit. You got plenty to go around. Pick one. Pick one. Christians think it's okay to do weed. That's illegal. Do some bong hits, brother. Or better yet, I got the wax kind of the vape. Perfectly fine. It's Mother Earth, Kevin. It's Mother Earth. It's pharmacia, and the Bible calls it witchcraft. Let's be clear. Does that mean I'm going to hell? No, but it means you're a Christian who's practicing witchcraft. That's what it means. It's a psychotic drug. It will lead you to no end, no good. God does not approve. But He's blessing me. When I smoke this weed, man, I get some revelation. I'll bet you do. It's witchcraft. It's legal. Legal doesn't make it moral. Man's laws and God's word are two different worlds. We have to decide which one are we going to take. Who are we? I don't agree with God's word on this subject. Yes, welcome to the party, Christian. Okay? I'm a non-conformist. When I came to Christ, I didn't agree with that. I know that shocks people, you know, and, I, and most of the Christians who were taught to be lockstep, legal, move forward, I don't think anything like that. I'm actually a little more honest with myself. And they go, yeah, there's a lot of things in the scripture I didn't agree with. There's a lot of things in the scripture I didn't understand. But I conformed myself into it. I said, it doesn't matter what I think, it matters what he said. Therefore, I will not think of my own accord, I will not believe as my own accord, I will not see as my own accord, I will see as he does. Even if I don't understand it, I will align my life with it. Amen. That's obedience. That's what's called. 
Oh, humans. We're more human than, well, I feel and I think this and that. It's not wise. There's no wisdom there. You're a fool. You are a sort of emotionally sensitive fool, but you're a fool nonetheless. <laughs> the way of the kingdom is foolishness. The way of the king, God's word, God's circumstances, and that's what the next slide. You must pursue wisdom. Serving your heart seeks knowledge. You gotta want it. If you don't want it, it won't come to you. But the good news is if you want it, you'll have it. You'll have it. And not be satisfied with the taste when God's got a banquet. Who told you to settle for a taste when God's got a banquet for you? Who told you to settle for a banquet when God's got a banquet for, for a taste? And so a lot of times you think, well, I just gotta drop a tooth from heaven. Well, aren't you holy? I don't want to drop it to you when he says he brings me to a banqueting table and he puts a banner over me before in the presence of my enemies and says, This one is love, this one is honor, this one is esteem. Whatever's on the table, Kevin, have it. It's yours. You don't come in as an unwanted guest, you come in as an honored member of a family, of divine royalty. You should never settle for less than your birthright. I'm telling you now. Churches will teach you to settle for certain things. Jesus never teaches you to settle, ever. Ever. The difference between contentment, there can be content and I'm satisfied with where I am, but I want more. That's contentment. Contentment doesn't mean I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy. I'm happy where I am right now. I'm just going to settle down here in the valley. He never told to settle. He never settled. But you know why? Say with me. There's always, There's always more. 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 Thank you, God spoke to me 12 times in the book of Jonah. Whatever I am, whatever age of God, I've got 12 words from the Lord in my life. 12 times God spoke to me. Really? 12? The question isn't whether I'm in that 12 words. The question is why have you pursued for more? Why are you settling for crumbs on a table, for crumbs on a floor, when you're a son or you're a daughter and he's got a whole table for you? Why? Why? And we think we're honoring God, but we're being humble. I don't want to say, oh, no, Lord, far be it from me to receive that from you. We're actually dishonoring him. You've got to get that in your head. If it is his honor to give it to you, and if he said, I want you to have this this month, I paid for it with blood, and you go, oh, no, Lord, that's too much for me. You're dishonoring him. His honor is in your pursuit of what he says you should have. That's the honor. You honor him by pursuing what he says you should have. How do we can we pursue wisdom? How do we do that? We guard our heart, you discern the inside, discern the truth. Some of the stuff that takes in your heart is it's poison. Some of you, the stuff that you're consuming, it's not doing you anything, it's any good, it's actually fact, it's toxic. The other stuff that you consume and you put into our lives is not wise, it's noise and it's nonsense. Noise and nonsense. 90% of the news is noise and nonsense. I'm sorry to say that. I know there's some newsies in here. If you have a woman that needs to race home from work every day so she can get Homes before the days of recorded TV, yeah, radio stuff. Like, really, does it work that much? It's not, like, most of the noise is nonsense. And there's other things, there's nutrition. The work about nutrition. What you're doing here today, you're getting a vitamin B12 shot. Boom, you get a little boost, you get a little injection, something that's good for you. You do it through the Spirit, you do it through reading His Word, reading and studying His Word. You get wisdom, you get the communion with the Holy Spirit, you get to read and study His Word. Where the Lord is perfect, you your soul. The teachings of the Lord are trustworthy. Watch this. Makes wise and simple. Things are simple. Mind to read the Word of God. Begin to read the Word of God and partner up with the Holy Spirit and be amazed what happens in your life. Study success. This is another way you become wise. Study where do you want to be successful? Huh? I, I don't know. I Everything. Have any idea. Well, how many times you say, so that your, your job is to study why people want to be successful? If you don't know why you want to be successful, God's a God of success, it's a God of victory, it's a God of forward peace. It's what he does. Success is relative. Success is relative to the desire of your heart. Walk with the wise and become wise, for the companions of fools suffer harm. You must be aware, be aware of who you're with. And then the other thing is to study success. Who in your life work is successful? How do they get there? What do they do? Okay, they did these things, whatever, some things might be unethical, whatever, but study the paths of success that line up. Who do you know that has successful marriages? Study that. 
what, what's the keys here? What, who raised successful children? And I'm not talking about, like, you know, parenting is a, is a who has wisdom when parenting is a whole lot of challenges. Trust me, I've, I've been there. I've tried. I've done my best. I've given my all. I've left it all on the table. And that I will honor. Yep, got it. Study failure. This is another one. Study success and failure. Anybody? Can you witness? Who's failed? Why did they fail? Why do these people fail? Why do people constantly recur in these areas? Why does this continue to happen? Study failure. Who's the system? Here's another one. Ask questions and accept correction. Bible oh. says, "Rebuke a wise person, and they will love you." Or let me say this way: Correct a wise person. <laughs> Where do you need wisdom? Where do you need it? First thing is to pursue it. You need to pursue it. You need to want it. You need to be aware where you need it. You need wisdom in your future. Most of us need the first place. Of, the first place that we need wisdom is in our identity. That's the very definition of Apex. That is the end point. Vanguard of everything else. It's the identity of who he is, who he is, who he is, and who you are in him. That's the number one place we need wisdom. We need understanding, knowing who you are, and knowing what you do. From that, everything else changes. I can give you really simple digestive forms. There's deeper parts to this, but the very simplest digestive form I can give you is your sons and daughters. You're a son or your father. What if you began or a daughter of your father? What, 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 would, what would happen if you were going to give you wisdom to be what it means to be your daughter? Lord, give you wisdom to what it means to be your son. Or, flip it over, flip it again. Lord, give you wisdom to what it means for me to be my father. Lord, give you wisdom to what it means. Ask him that. Holy Spirit, you're a comforter. Give me wisdom to understand what that means. Holy Spirit, you're comforting me. Yes, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? All that stuff. You begin to ask questions. That is activated by you. I ask and I give you permission to impart wisdom to in the five key areas of my life. My faith, my family, my friendships, my finances, and my future. I choose this day to no longer be a fool. I will access wisdom through your presence, through your word. And through your revelation, I choose, I choose to, walk with the wise, to walk with the wise, to learn from the wise, to, learn from the wise, to study, to study success, success and failure. And fail. I choose, I choose to, ask questions, to ask questions and humbly accept correction. Accept correction. Call, call, so I may grow in wisdom. So I may grow in wisdom. So that I may honor you more. So that I may honor you. And access, and access the life that Jesus made. The life that Jesus made. Yes. Alright, so if you would make your way up and around.